a moment or two to the angry young man With his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand He's been stabbing the back, he's been misunderstood It's a comfort to know his intentions are good And he sits in a room with a lock on the door With his maps and his medals laid out on the floor And he likes to be known as the angry young man Well, Paul, it's no secret. Um, I'll be the first to admit the last few episodes have been uh, they've been a little bit uh, been a little bit in the toilet. I think I think that we weren't bringing our A game, we weren't bringing our best. And uh, in the spirit of that, I think it's time that uh, today we we come in. We got high energy today. We're feeling good. I think it's gonna be a good episode. We're gonna turn it around. Our slump is over, and uh, we're gonna kick it off with the only way we know how, and that is cracking a cold one. Cracking a cold one. Oh hell yeah! That's that's uh, that's unfortunate. That I actually don't have a cold one in front of me too. I might I might grab one here in a little bit. The I mean I feel like we had a string of, of some of our best ones, and then and then we we've had you know we've had a couple duds. But um, hey hey uh, Garrett, can you can you pull up uh, the stats really quick on uh, the fan feedback for these last few? Sure, Paul. It's looking pretty good, but uh, there is an actually an angry fan that wanted to bring something up to you guys. Uh, his name is Totino's Man, uh, which I think oh. is a clear ripoff of the one and only uh, DiGiorno boy. Um, but he was saying <laughs> that y'all seem almost too happy, and he kind of wants you to be depressed again, because the shows ah. were funnier when y'all were both depressed. Yes, th- thank you, Gary. Uh, I, as you hear, uh, as part of our commitment to um, to improving the overall quality, we've actually brought in an in-house... Uh, a producer who's standing ready with all the stats uh, to really uh, pull shit up when we want them to pull shit up and and all that good stuff. We've got a correspondent or, or, and a, a statistician. Is that how you say the word on our team? Yeah, I, I we're not smart enough to say that word correctly, but he is. That's why we hired him on. <laughs> that's why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was also that's a good omen because that was the crispest cold crack that we have ever had on this show. That, I mean that was I I hope the 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 ASMR mic picked up the fizz that came in after the several seconds of sustained fizzing after the crack. <laughs> the, the, you should see the waveform on that bad boy. I mean the it looked incredible. So so I feel like I feel pretty strong given that that omen. You said ASMR mic. Did you did you specifically buy that mic for ASMR and then just happen to decide to do a podcast with it also or Well, I, yeah, I do I do a little bit of ASMR on the side, but I don't like to mention it on the podcast cuz it's erotic. Oh. ASMR. It's it's erotic. <laughs> yeah. Do you read erotic stories or are you You know, you, if you don't want to discuss it, that that's your prerogative. <laughs> 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 Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, there's just uh, there's just two things that you never mix in personal and private life. I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, professional and private life. And of course, I make the vast majority of my money through my erotic ASMR. So I just I don't want to get into my business on the show. This is just a this show is just strictly for pleasure. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you- ironically, so is the other one. But I'm getting paid for the other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, we got some big things planned for today. Um, in a little bit after we uh, get through this first part, we're going to have our first guest in a while. <clears throat> well, in that case, I think, like, let's just get all this bullshit up front over with because I'm excited for the guest today. Yeah, I mean, we, we, um, we literally have him just sitting in, in another room 
<laughs> just waiting. We, we put him in a literal hot room since it's hot up upstairs in my house. He's just sweating it out. But um, he's just pacing back and forth. <laughs> yeah, we we really like let's to, get him out of the hot room. <laughs> yeah, and into the hot seat. You, you want to get through the the upfront uh, housekeeping? Yeah, all this bullshit. Um, <laughs> I, well, I'm Zach Andrews. This is Paul Messman. Uh, and this is episode 49. Oh, almost to the big 5-0. Almost to the big L of uh, episodes. Uh, episode 49 of Not All Bad. Um, if you chose the 49th episode for it to be your first time listening, then you're in luck. Because I feel like this is going to be... A, I can feel it in my bones. It's going to be a good one, like I said. Yeah. As the more we say that, the more I'm going to believe it. And the more I'm going to believe it, the better the show will be, is what I keep telling myself. Oh, for sure. So, um, Paul and I are each going to um, talk about something that's pissed us off lately. Uh, hopefully we come off depressed enough so the show is more entertaining. We've been too happy lately, evidently. According to our stats, all the data is now in. All the poll, the, the cold call information has come in. Um, we're each going to, once we once we talk about what's made us mad, we'll pick a topic out of a hat that you, the listeners, have submitted. And uh, we'll find a way to get pissed off about that, too. And then we're each going to take a turn ending the show by saying something that has made us happy instead of angry. And you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, SoundCloud, and Google Play every other Monday. Uh, we ask that you subscribe and leave, leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at NotAllBadShow. And you can email us at NotAllBadShow at gmail.com, particularly with the subject line random rant idea if you want us to talk about your rant topic on the show. That's it. I think we can now bring our guest in. Yeah, I think so. Let me go get him real quick. All right, and today we have a very special guest. Um, our second guest since kind of revamping our the way we do guests on the show. Uh, a good friend of mine, Evan, is here, and he I've known him actually since high school, um, and he's also kind of in the film industry with me, although we do very different types of jobs. Um, but yeah, so welcome today, uh, Evan. Hey, Evan. So uh, when he says a different type of job, oh. uh, he's the cameraman and you're the porn star. Is that is my understanding? That is correct. correct. Okay. I'm generally I'm I'm generally the uh, the backup dick. That's what they call me on set. <laughs> backup dick the, sounds like a like a trendy like show sitcom from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like a sitcom from the eighties, like uh, Happy Days or something. But it's about like. A guy named Philip, who's like the backup quarterback at a high school. It's called backup dick. Yeah. I I like this already. I feel like we've got we've got something we can really run with. Now that we have yeah. two film industry guys in the room. Yeah, no, I think I think we already have a show that we could sell to a network. Backup dick. <laughs> it, at seven p.m. Thursdays on NBC. <laughs> we've got it all. We got the timing. We got the title. What else do you need? I guess talent. Who do you who, do, who could you see as uh, Dick in the show? Well, somebody's got to step up, so I guess I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of see you as starter dick, honestly. <laughs> wow, that's so flattering. <laughs> that's that's one of the most interesting compliments I've ever heard in my life, is telling someone that they're the not the backup dick, they're the starter dick. <laughs> it's going on my Twitter profile. I'm quite the flatterer. <laughs> um. Are we going to do like, so how is this going to go down, Paul? Are we going to do negative rants now or? 
Yeah, so uh, most of the show is going to kind of go in the same order. So I, <clears throat> one of us, Zach, was going to go first, and then I think Evan's going to go in the middle and for negative rants, and then one of us third, and then we'll do random rants after that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, I think that it's your turn to go first this week. That That sounds right to me. All right. <clears throat> Well, then take it away. All right. Well, this week I am going to talk about um, <clears throat> something that's really started bothering me, especially now that advertising. So this is kind of the time of year where a lot of new tech is unveiled. So Apple has their conferences. Um, this year in particular, there's also been uh, Sony with announcing a new PlayStation, Xbox announcing, a new, I guess, Microsoft announcing a new Xbox. And... Um, mm-hmm. Something that always frustrates me with whenever new technology is unveiled is a really common phrase used in the advertising that they say that, like for iPhone, they'll say, like, this new iPhone is the best iPhone yet, or this is the most powerful iPhone yet, or the fastest iPhone yet. And that really pisses me off because... If, if you're releasing a new iPhone, it better be the best one yet. Are you telling me it's going to be worse than the one that came before it? That you're going to charge, you're in, releasing a new one and you're going to charge more for one that's worse than the predecessor? Um, this, this happens in most industries, but for some reason it seems especially egregious in the tech industry with computing, which is frustrating because I feel like that's one of the few industries where you can objectively say the new version is going to be better. Um... But so I, I, because I didn't want to just blow smoke up your ass, I want to act, I actually don't know if I use that correctly, but I, I look, I didn't want to make shit up. Uh, I, uh, I looked up a bunch of slogans for the different iPhones that Apple has uh, released. Um, so the first one, Apple said, um, for the original iPhone, Apple said, Apple reinvents the phone. So I, I consider this acceptable because I think that's pretty much everyone would agree that the first iPhone was, I mean, it was, it was a pretty, pretty new thing. Um, and then, and then we move on to the iPhone 3GS where their slogan was the fastest, most powerful iPhone yet. And this is really just right from the gun. This may be objectively true, but again, the, when they're saying the fastest, most powerful yet, it's like, why would it not be? It's new. Why, why would it not be the fastest yet? I'd be concerned if it wasn't. Um, and then <clears throat> iPhone 4 was this changes everything again, which again, I, that kind of makes sense because that was, they're not even saying that it's more powerful or whatever. They, they're, they're trying to prepare the consumer. This is a big change. I get it. But then right again with the 4S, they're back on their bullshit. They said this is the, quote, the most amazing iPhone yet. I, this, this is so common. If once you like notice it, you'll see it everywhere. Um, and it keeps on going on and on and on. And this is common also with like the PlayStation four, a common catchphrase that was finding some marketing was the best PlayStation yet. And even people like reviewing it were saying like the best PlayStation yet. It's like, I don't like objectively, if it was a worse PlayStation, I, I don't understand why it would exist. Um, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, have you guys noticed this before? 
Yeah, I, I want to say this. This is unrelated at all, which is cl- my classic t- type of contribution on the show. Um, to blow smoke up someone's ass, according to Wiktionary.org, um, used to refer to the once popular medical practice, now fallen into disuse, thank God, of the tobacco smoke enema, in which tobacco smoke was literally blown up a person's rectum. It's question. What do you mean? It's I mean, I, I think we still kind of do that. I don't. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a dated term. Yeah, when they say now fallen into disuse, I, I mean, I don't know about that. I'm sure there's people out there. It might yeah, be vape, like vape smoke now, though. You're talking to one of them. I'm. I'm. A, I don't want to. I don't want to vape up anyone's ass here. I'm not trying to vape up your ass, but uh, anyway, it means that uh, you're like basically supporting. Uh, an idea or something that's that's not correct. You're like you you don't have any credibility for what you're saying. Maybe it's time to change that phrase to blowing smoke up your ass to blowing vape smoke up your ass. To I keep think it so. Times. Yeah, I want to say I I I, I should have trusted my instincts because it sounds like I actually use that correctly. That because I the whole reason I said it was I wanted to give proof to what I was saying. And yeah. It, uh, so, somehow I managed to use. A phrase correctly. I, I'm I'm actually blown away. I thought I butchered that. Uh, you did good. Yeah, I just thought that, <laughs> that that was an interesting uh, phrase, and so I looked up the uh, looked up the etymology. I I do propose. I agree here that it's it's now time for like huff, huffing clouds into your ass is now the the new the new term. <laughs> I saw somebody. Paul? This is the last point I'll make on blowing smoke in someone's ass and then we actually get back to the topic i saw somebody yesterday hot bossing the shit out of a volkswagen golf with vape vape smoke it was incredible they and they rolled down the window and like this fat cloud of cumulus vape juice just puffs out of the every window in the car it was it was a, uh, it was uh, pretty sick actually it was pretty cool yeah, but if you're going to think of, if, if you're trying to imagine what kind of car would have someone vaping inside with smoke pouring out the windows, it'd probably be a Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, I mean, that just, it was just so on point. <laughs> back to, back to what Paul, Paul was talking about with the, uh, <laughs> the uh, advertising for the new technology. Yeah, that's not something I would have ever thought of, but it's, you raise a good point. Yeah, actually, actually, Paul, to your point, I was thinking about that. And specifically with phones, it actually kind of pisses me off that there's a new one every year. Because, like, do we really need a new iPhone every year? Don't you think it'd be more, like, impactful and cool if they only released a new iPhone closer to how they release new gaming systems? Where, like, it's, like, a huge deal and there's massive upgrades when a new phone comes around? Yeah, I I think about that actually way more often than a sane person should, I think, about that. That, like... The, I mean, they, they. it made sense, I guess, to do it every year back when it was like, we literally just invented the concept of a computer this small. I guess we may not have gotten it right the first couple of times, so like, quick upgrades kind of made sense. But now that, like, it just every year it's like, all right. And, and granted, I, I almost want to preface this by saying, I, I am the person who is a sucker for these ads, and maybe that's why I feel so, <laughs> like, emotionally vulnerable to these types of ads that I I feel the need to have the fastest, most powerful iPhone yet, and the one that changes everything again. I'm just reading off uh, ads here. But, like, <laughs> even though I'm the susceptible person to them, I, I they don't need to have it every year other than to make you feel like you're missing out. 
Yeah, Zach, I no. don't know if you, I mean, you know Paul pretty well, but if you know him like I know him, you know, like any single time anything Apple is announced, he like, like freaks, freaks out. I did not know that. I'm actually very surprised to hear that, uh, <clears throat> to be honest. I, I don't know if freak out is the right word, but Evan is, <laughs> Evan is right about like, I, I am the person who has no reason to be like watching every single Apple event, but I watch them anyways. And then I like want to talk to people about like, did you guys see the new Apple watch? <laughs> uh, like <laughs> even, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I do freak out. Maybe, maybe that's a pretty accurate assessment actually. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing though, is that, Maybe the most frustrating thing of all um, is that Apple could easily come out and say, this is the iPhone 12. It's now $3,000, and uh, it's not going to be better than the 11. It's just not. We, we, uh, we had a rough year. A lot of people had a rough year. Coronavirus. All this stuff. It's an election year. We were busy. Our, half our employees were gone voting on a big day, a big symposium. So... Sorry, this one's worse than the 11, and people would buy the shit out of it. They don't have to. I don't know why they're putting in the effort. They don't have to try. They could just as easily say, yeah, this one, probably the worst one in the past couple of years. We, we're not no. going to, you know, we're going to give you the, the straight dick here. It, it's the worst one that we've done in a while, and people are still going to just clamor to get it. That's just the society we live in. iPhone's announcing the backup dick this year, I'm pretty sure. Um <laughs> uh but yeah that's like i mean honestly to me like every single time i get a new iphone i'm actually like angrier about it i always feel like it's worse than the one i had before ideally i could have kept the iphone 5 for my entire life that was like the best phone i've ever had only for the most reason or like the biggest reason for me is the fact that i could keep the iphone 5 and another item in one pocket i can no longer keep anything other than my phone in one pocket see i'm still rocking the six right now i think i've talked about this on the show before but my my phone's approaching five years old um, and I'm just not, I'm just, I don't want to get rid of it. I like it too much. It's, it sucks shit. It's terrible. It barely works. Um, it, it's a, it's, it's a half functioning piece of garbage and I don't want to get rid of it. I'm too attached. I've been on a journey with this thing and I don't, I'm, I, I'm hesitant to give it up so easily just for the new, the fanciest, newest bells and whistles. I feel that I, I had to upgrade to a seven only cause I dropped my six on concrete and shattered the screen and it was unfixable. Oh, tragic. Hey, say what you will about the 6, but this, okay, Apple said this was the best iPhone of 2015. I've, I've got the best iPhone of 2015 in my hand right now. <laughs> hey, that, right. Was the best, that was the best year before, that was probably the last good year I think we've had. So It was definitely overall. the best iPhone they ever made until 2016, I would say. But for a while there, for a good year, Apple did not have a better iPhone than the iPhone 6. So uh, I'm not complaining. I mean, I, I'm rocking a, a, a legend, a piece of Apple history right now. That is something that it is almost as difficult to wrap your mind around is the fact that, like, depending on what year you are existing in, that you are either holding the most advanced piece of technology and the envy of, like, everyone around you, and then, like, if you were to just time travel a few years into the future, or I guess just like wait a few years, like a normal person without a time (laughs) machine, uh, suddenly you have like an outdated piece of technology that your friends make fun of you for, uh, behind your back. Like I make fun of Evan behind his back. I'm like an old man when it comes to a seven. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm you just make fun of him for he's, a seven because I because he, he's a nice middle class iPhone haver. What does that make me? <laughs> I, I I'm I'm not entirely sure what it means. Oh, cool! Call just dropped. That's a... and we're we'll be back in a minute after these commercials. <laughs> Scooby bop 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 So I'm going to be playing both Zach and Paul for this ad read. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Burr. What's wrong, Paul? Oh, well, it's October now in Texas, and you know what that means. A frigid and snowy winter is on its way? Exactly, and I'm already freezing cold. But Paul, you're wearing a jacket and a hat. How could you possibly be cold? Well, there's one area I can never warm. Can you guess what it is? Is it your ball sack? Good guess. You're correct. It is my ball sack. Paul, are you telling me you've never heard of turtle nuts? Turtle what? Turtle nut sweaters by Fisher Price. The best way to warm your testicles in any sweating. Wow, tell me more, Zach. Turtle net technology was originally designed to keep Alaskan porn stars warmed up when shooting outdoors. Because as we all know, Paul, no girl wants to get a in the eye. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Who am I, Mr. Freeze? Ha 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 ha. No, you're Paul. Anyway, Fisher Price, the kid's toy company? Who else? They bought this tech to adapt into what we know as today. And that's sweaters for your nuts. Wow, that sounds amazing. It is. And don't condescend me ever again. They come in different styles for every occasion. Cashmere to pick up chicks at your uncle's funeral. Wool for the blue-collar workers. Fancy cardigans for the workplace. Sweater vests for the guys who forgot to trim. And of course, the classic turtleneck style for extra shaft protection. Where can I find them? Go to any Toys R Us and you'll find them in the clothing section. They'll even let you try them on in store. This all sounds, gr- <laughs> this all sounds great. But, <laughs> but now for the tough part. How much? Only $19.99. Get out of town. Don't ever f- tell me what to do. Perfect. And with Christmas just around the corner, I know what I'm getting. My dad. Keep that zipper down, Paul, because speaking of Christmas, they're also releasing a limited time wacky Christmas themed turtle nuts. Now I have a reason to whip them out at my company Christmas party. That's right, Paul. No better way to keep your chestnuts roasting in an open fly. I can't wait to try them out. For now, Paul, you can borrow mine. Wow, these are comfy. How can I ever repay you? You can start by wearing pants when we record the podcast. Nonsense. With turtle nuts, I'm never wearing pants again. Turtle nuts by Fisher Price. Available now. Now is the ad I wrote, y'all. I love it. Which I understand exactly why you could never use that. I love it, though. That was so funny. You know, that was actually based on me listening to y'all's podcast. Wow. That's... Yeah. You read us pretty well, honestly. Yeah. yeah that exactly. sounds about right. I don't even remember where we are right now. We're talking about iPhones, I think. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt the conversation again, but I just stumbled across something on the tobacco smoke enema Wikipedia page that I'm now taking a deep dive into. It's a poem from September uh, 24th, which is almost exactly today, which is crazy, uh, 1774. Tobacco glister, breath and bleed. Keep warm and rub till you succeed and spare no pains for what you do. May one day be repaid to you. And apparently that's a poem about getting tobacco smoke blown into your butthole to help you with cholera. No, I think that's where the song Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire comes from, is uh, old pioneers squatting over a campfire and holding their ass up so the smoke can get into it. (laughs) Sometimes when you're alone on the prairie and you got no one to blow smoke into your ass, you got to do it yourself. And that's just Frontier's life, baby. 
Exactly, and then they realized that that also can be helpful for smoke signals because they would move because it would get too hot, and then people oh, realized it read yeah. like Morse code. Yeah. That's <clears throat> crazy. I didn't know that. You know a lot of history. That's that I'm American a, I, ingenuity and individualism at work right there. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Colorado, and they teach you a lot about the, the pioneers out there. I got to get off of this. This is a wacky Wikipedia page. I got to get out of here. I've, I've, so far, I've made a majority of this discussion regarding technology about putting smoke in your butthole. Is there, are there side effects? Uh, well, it doesn't work. Uh, it, it says it repeatedly over and over again on this page. It doesn't work. So you're telling me that they like were blowing smoke up someone's ass, and after like the tenth time, they're like, "It didn't work last time, but but maybe this time, just for the hell of it, let's try blowing smoke one more time in my ass." Paul, I like, still <laughs> talk to women, and, and you'd think that uh, eventually the failures would catch up to me, but no, the same philosophy applies. So you're seriously telling me that a smoke enema salesman was truly just blowing smoke up your ass? <laughs> Uh, well, that's all the time we have for Evan. That's probably the, that's probably the best you'll get out of me. Yeah, yeah, I should probably just end here. Paul, is there anything uh, anything else you'd like to contribute to the discussion on uh, your your tech advertising rant? I I think I think that's all all I've got. I I could go on about that for a while, uh, and that honestly, it, it's on the verge of becoming just me angrily shouting about TV commercials, which. I, I feel like that's like the sign of being like a middle-aged man is when you're just mad about the commercials that you see. So I, I should probably just calm down before I jump into Gen X or something. <laughs> well, then I guess it would be – it's uh, Evan's turn then, right? Should he go second? Yeah, Evan, you uh, you ready to go? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's actually probably good that we're on the topic of iPhones because my rant today is about – I mean, it's kind of an older rant, I guess, but – when Apple or iPhone introduced the um, reactions to messages. I think that truly ruined conversations forever. Granted, uh, I think that texting overall is not necessarily like the best way to converse with people, but specifically adding ways in which you can end a conversation without having to respond at all is absolutely a terrible way to uh, limit conversations. And so I want to go through each reaction and let you guys know exactly how I feel about it. So you have the love which is, like, probably the best out of all of them, I would say. Because, like, you're not going to send a love to your boss. You're not going to send a love to your coworker. You're not going to send a love to, you know, your second girlfriend. But you'll <laughs> yeah. definitely send a love to your first girlfriend. And you'll definitely send a love to your mom. And if your dogs had iPhones, I would send a love to them. So I really, I really like the heart mom. one. Yeah, or your first girlfriend's mom, or her grandma, whoever's texting me back at the moment. <laughs> now, then you, if you're going just like across from like how they order them, you go to the like, which is by far the worst, and I'm going to use my one token here, the worst <laughs> reaction out of all of them, because it is like the most like petty way to end a conversation. Like if I was to text you like, hey dude, I'll meet you there at eight o'clock tonight. And you just sent back a like, you liked my message, I just wouldn't show up at 8 o'clock that night. That would be the end of our, our friendship. <laughs> um, and that's really all I have to say about that, because it doesn't deserve any more of my time. Now, the dislike is the opposite. It is a very strong reaction to a text, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, if, you, if you texted a girl and said, I love you, and she disliked the message, Ooh. would you kill yourself <laughs> right there? <laughs> I think that's suicide worthy. And I think, in fact, you couldn't get in trouble for doing so because it, if, if, if the cops found your body and then found your phone, they'd go, we'd understand. Um, which moves me on to the next one, which is, haha, which is, can, depending on if you know the person, can either be a great reaction to your text or a terrible reaction to your text. If you know the person thinks you're really funny, them giving you a haha is great. Now, in group texts, people like to spread out or give out their ha-has like, like there's like, I don't know, like nectar from the gods. Like, people really make me angry about ha-has because you'll say something funny, but people just decide that it's not worthy for a ha-ha and just not react at all to your text, which is, Paul's looking away right now because he knows I'm talking about him. He's being We're, very bad. He's, he's, yeah, he's avoiding <laughs> eye contact with me because I'm staring at him <laughs> right now because he knows I'm talking about him. Now, before I go any further, I kind of want to get y'all's, like, takes on some of these reactions because I don't want to just conquer this conversation. I feel like you've hmm. been spot on. I So I always feel there's never a situation where I get a love react and I feel bad. That always makes me feel good. Um, happy, they're the haha, I should say, is a is an annoying one because in group text particularly because I love receiving them. But the, I, something I never thought of, which you make a good point, is if you say a good joke and you get a lot, a lot of ha-has, people will presume that that, that ha-ha does not necessitate a response well, i mean that's the case right. with all these right but a lot of times yeah. you, like it kind of ends it terminates the conversation where i think if you drop any of the other reactions to a message um that and, and then you don't text back it's because there already is an opportunity to end the conversation and you're ending it and just you're ending it in a bad way but it's a it, the timing is still relevant to end it but if you drop a haha in a group text, a lot of times the conversation is not ready to be ended, but people kind of interpret that to be a conclusion. And so they don't respond. And so that, that's kind of, well, I'm hung up on that one. Um, it really all started with the, uh, the group me. Did you have group me in college? Oh yeah. Yeah, group me? yeah. Yeah. It started with group me. Cause you could, that was like the first time I think I ever, I mean like besides like normal social media, that was like the first time you were ever in group chats where people could, you know, like or dislike or not, not dislike, but people could just like your messages. Right. I think I haven't been on GroupMe in forever. I think have they added more? Do you know? I no. think it's just. The, I don't think they have. The I think likes. it's just the likes. Yeah, so that's like the pretty petty, in my opinion. You know, like because like sometimes you'd like say like something heartfelt, and you know people read it and they didn't like it, and it's petty of you to care, but it's also petty of them to not just give you a like, right? Right. <laughs> I'm always I'm a big distributor of likes. Good. And and honestly, ha-has and loves, I kind of give out pretty frequently, too. For all the shit that I'm saying, um, I give out ha-has and loves, too. And then the strongest of all is, is naturally, of course, like you said, the, the, the dislike, the thumbs down, which is always, in a lot of ways, if you get thumbs down in a group text with your boys, that's kind of like the, a badge of honor. That kind of feels better than the rest, typically. I mean, a, a love feels great from your homies. <laughs> a ha-ha feels pretty good. A dislike, like a repeated dislike on a message, some, something about that is supremely satisfying. Somehow feels like powerful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, something interesting that Evan brought up is that th this idea that because this, like you're able to hand out these ha-has and likes and loves, the action of reading without reacting, like there's a certain pressure that if you don't react, 
that you were depriving someone of like appropriate reaction. And then that too, like there, there have actually been times in a group text that I'm in with Evan that I have, <clears throat> someone has sent something and I have told them, Hey, I think this is really funny. And I react a- accordingly throughout my message and telling them how funny I think it is. And they will ask me, why did you not give me the haha reaction then? And it's like, well, <laughs> Hey, I-, I told you I laughed. <laughs> and then they'll be like, but why didn't you give me the haha? And it's created this just weird, like digital currency with them. Well, yeah, it's like, it's kind of created, uh, (laughs) well, it's also like a competition now because we have a group text of like six or seven people. And if you, what do we call it? If you get, if every single person reacts the same way to a text, whether it be a dislike, uh, haha, and emphasize a love, like a question, I guess. I don't think I've ever seen the question one, but if you get mostly, it's generally haha's. What is it called, Paul? Uh, we call it getting to the promised land. Uh, we say that if you've gotten like exclusively uh, like loves or emphasizes or likes from every single person, in the group text, we say that you've reached the promised land. That's um, such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Really coveted position. It means I like you've that. checked all the boxes. Literally you checked all the boxes. I'm going to co-op that phrase. I love that. What I like, you should, you should try it out in your family group text. Yeah, well, I don't have one. <laughs> my, my parents I'm could sorry. not figure out how to operate a group text. Trust me. The reactions <laughs> confuse them so much more on a whole nother level that they can't even, I mean, they can't even bother with group text. Um, my, uh, my parents just figured out emojis in the last like couple of years. So I assume that like maybe in 10 years, they'll figure out the reactions. They'll come around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they'll figure it out. One thing um, that is, really utility in terms of the reactions is low, but you said you've never used the question. And one thing that's, that's good about the question is you can text somebody and then if they don't text you back, then you hit them with the question on your own text. And that's kind of like a really annoying way of like, Hey, uh, I noticed that you didn't respond to this. So uh, maybe you should consider (laughs) responding. Yeah. Also the question can really make you sweat because if you say something that you think is completely logical and like makes sense, and then someone questions it, then you really have to like like sit there and like try to figure out why someone didn't understand what you were saying. Yeah, that really strikes you down, huh? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've got to say, the more we talk about this, I'm realizing what a slut for validation I am overall. Just that, like, I, it's like I don't want. I I have been accused before of texting things just in order to get uh, uh, reactions. And have been told that I like hoard or hog uh, the reactions, but. Um, I, I resent that label, but at the same time, I also, uh, will not be in a good mood if, if something funny I sent doesn't get the appropriate reactions. Like, like if I send something that everyone should agree with and I don't get enough emphasizes, then, then I'm going to feel like the group does not agree with me as much as they do. I, I don't know. It really, you feel like you've got like crowd, like you really feel the pulse of the room through these reactions. It's like when you see those comedians that jokes are actually funny, but the crowd is just not feeling it, you know? And they just, they're just not going to laugh because they don't want to laugh. <laughs> I, I have long known and accepted for years how much of a slut for validation and attention I am. That's just an accepted fact. How old is this podcast? I mean, it's, been, it's older than that. <laughs> like that's, actually my, that's my mom's nickname for me. <laughs> slut? Slut? No, no valid, <laughs> validation slut. <laughs> very important distinction i would say mom why don't you love me and she said you're such a validation slut why do you need my love 
don't care about she you. She just disliked reacts to that message. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. She, or like, Ma, do you love me? She question reacts it. Uh, uh, Evan, is that all you have to say about uh, uh, react emojis? I'm going to question yeah. react that. <laughs> One last thing, and it's that not only have the reactions ruined conversations with just everybody with iPhones, they have specifically ruined conversations with people who don't have iPhones. Oh, yeah. Because if you try to put somebody in a group who doesn't have an iPhone, first of all, you have to look at that disgusting-ass green text message coming in. And secondly, you have to, like, you just can't put them in there anymore because if they see the reactions, like, like, imagine having an Android and getting a new text every single time. And, like, it's hard to follow, like, trains of thought because you have legitimate text messages coming in that say, like, Paul Messman emphasized, like, Evan Kopp's text and kind of that kind of stuff. So, like, it's, like, they've really ruined, like, cross-group cross text between different phone providers as well. So, it's really just, you know, like I, like we were talking about, like, iPhone's really becoming the backup dick. I guess that's what I'm getting to in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to... I'm gonna dive into my topic now. If we're if that's if that's your closing statement, just like Forrest Gump says, that's all I have to say about that. That's a good. To- I like that topic. That was a good topic. Good discussion on that one. Thank you. I'm gonna kick mine off by asking: If we go around the room, can everyone uh, please name uh, a fun fact about themselves? Paul, do you want to go first? I gotta think of one because not much of me is fun. When I was in college, I'd usually say that I was in A&M's jazz band, which is like a weird kind of almost brag. But basically, usually somehow I try I use it as an excuse to brag about the fact that I play piano. I guess I guess a, I guess a cool fact about me is uh, there's like not really ways to say it without you sounding like such a tool. Um, I played rugby in college. I guess that was pretty cool. And then I, I work on TV now, and that's like probably the coolest thing about me. Okay, a surprising legitimate answer out of you. I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really anticipate that. <laughs> I gotta um, give you some. Look, I agree. I mean, that's one of the worst things about any group setting is when somebody asks that question. I, I appreciate you guys for handling it so majestically. Um, but that is traditionally one of the worst things that can happen when you're in a classroom type setting. Um, so I'd just like to talk today instead of about how bad and awful it is because everyone is well aware of how annoying uh, that concept is. Um, I would like to propose some uh, recommended solutions I've developed over the years for how to address the concept of being in a room full of people and being asked to name a fun fact about yourself. Um, something that I uh, have done before is uh, step one on the list is to take somebody else's answer and say word for word verbatim what they said. And the strategy here is if the room is big enough and there's enough people in between the one you single out and when it's your turn to go, most people aren't going to recognize that you stole somebody else's fun fact because nobody else is listening either. And then you end up with a situation where either it feels like you're personally attacking a stranger in the room or that one individual thinks it's a funny joke. And either way, you're either introducing some drama into the mix of the group or there's some sort of personal connection you've established. And one way or another, that's going to make 
the duration of this classroom experience more entertaining or, or personally fulfilling or whatever. Ultimately, it, it shakes things up a bit. And so that's a pretty effective way to turn what is likely going to be a, an extremely boring seminar or training session into something a little more spicy is to just, you know, if somebody says, um, well, you know, I have uh, I have two daughters and they both play softball uh, and I, uh, I pitch for the team. And then when it's your turn, 10 people later, you say, uh, well, I have uh, two daughters. Um, they're, they're both softball players and uh, I'm actually a pitcher for the for the team. It's coach pitch. Uh that 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 to me is always a really kind of fun fun twist, uh, and it it at least gives you something to look forward to when it's your turn to speak, because most of the time you find yourself just dreading uh, your turn. Uh, in a similar vein, I'd like to move on to number two. This is the one that I've used the most, the strategy that I've employed most often. Uh, it's called the Machu Machu Picchu move. Peru never fails. At any point, in any one of these questions, at any time, you can always drop, oh yeah, last summer I went to Machu Picchu, as your fun fact. And no one is going to ever question that. Because you know what? Here's the trick. It's an old mountain you walk up, and there's no more detail to it at all. When people hear Machu Picchu, they go, yeah, oh, okay. Because they know what it is. They know what it's about. They don't need to know any more details. They don't need to ask you any questions. They know what you did. You walked up some stairs. For a long time, you saw an old, ruined city, and then you walked right back down. And if somebody else in the room actually has been to Machu Picchu, they're not going to get specific. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, which was your favorite step? Or what ruined building did you like the most? No, no, it's going to say, oh, yeah, I did the hike too. It was uh, it's tiring, huh? And you're going to say, yup, and the conversation's over. So I'm a big fan because uh, of the Machu Picchu strategy. And the reason I found this is because uh, one time, in college, I was asked to give a fun fact about myself. And just like the last tip, the guy before me said he went to Machu Picchu. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, me too, for my, uh, for my fun fact. And uh, nobody questioned it. And uh, I got out of uh, – that was my proverbial get-out-of-jail-free card for that, for that question. So Machu Picchu never fails. If you take one thing away, this is your safest play, is the Machu Picchu card. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually – wait, okay, wait. Do you want to? Can I talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah. Stop me at any point. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was just thinking about that, and it made me think. Like, think about Facebook profile pictures, and I would say probably close to fifteen percent of Facebook profile pictures is somebody standing in Machu Picchu. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I, I feel think like you're right. <clears throat> based on that, like, it makes me think like how generic of a vacation Machu Picchu is, and like going there. It's like the Bud Light seltzer of vacations. It's just like <laughs> something that like. <laughs> Most people have had the chance to do, and it's pretty easy. So, like, I just like that's just like you know, those like hitting it on the head. Like, if you need like a a quick outing, it's something that's like general enough to where people can't like even like you know like question you about it. Yeah, even if they've done it, they can't really needle you on the details. I've found. Yeah, that's very true. A really fun one, and one of the more difficult ones to pull off is to lie like it's your goddamn career. And obviously, these are already lies, okay? Obviously, Machu, you probably haven't been to Machu Picchu unless it's on your profile picture. And obviously, you're not a softball pitcher for your uh, two daughters' softball team. Um, but those are based on, you know, you always go with Machu Picchu. That's based on something. Take somebody else's answer. They already made it up for you. You don't have to make it up yourself. In this case, just lie. Like, like the more, like try to test yourself and see how ridiculous of an answer can you get away with? Like, uh, I'm a certified minister and I've officiated over a dozen weddings would be a good one. 
no one is going to say like, okay, well, what, like, show me your certificate. And if they do, then if they question you, they say, what did you have to do for that? You can say, oh, uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of boring. You don't want to hear about it. It doesn't, I mean, if somebody catches you lying, what are they going to say? Like, get out of this, get out of this classroom. What the hell are you doing here? Leave. You don't belong here. You're lying. This guy does have a fun fact. Get out of here. No one's going to stop you. And uh, I will say, if you're not sold yet, um, if you're good at lying, first of all, like I said, um, it's the only way you're going to make this dreaded activity fun for you is just to lie. If you're good at lying, this is the only way to make this miserable experience entertaining is to just have fun with it and lie as hard as you can. Now, here's the kicker. If you're bad at lying, this is actually an excellent low-stakes opportunity to practice your lying. And I will stand behind this. as an. This is not like a joke. I honestly believe lying is one of the most useful interpersonal skills that you could ever learn. So, coming from somebody who's a superb liar, I love to lie. I lie to everyone all the time for no reason. I lie. I, I told uh, the intern last summer that I had a daughter, and, and, uh, and he believed me for the whole summer. There's no reason to not lie. I mean, there is. There's about a thousand reasons to not lie, but it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to lie, and it's, very, it's a useful skill. So if you're not good at lying, this is a great time to practice. Is you know, a, in, a great way. One of these. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Nope. No, you go. I was just going to say a great way to do that is like, like to lie, because this makes me think of a time in college where I was in legitimately the worst class ever. It was an English class. I think it was my sophomore year, and my teacher was just abysmal like literally the worst teacher i've ever had i didn't learn a single thing in that class granted i sat in the back and was on my phone but i think <laughs> if you're a good teacher your job is to make me not look at my phone um but one time they were just like talking it was it was kind of one of those things where there's it was like in the middle of the semester though but we're like kind of going around and talking and like the topic of harrison ford came up and i was like oh yeah i saw him at a bar one time and like the like i kind of thought it would just be like you know like a fun little fib that i could tell you know just because i was like bored and then I forgot like how large of a star Harrison Ford is. And not only that, but I found out that the teacher is like a giant Star Wars fan. And <laughs> so he like, I mean, like I kind of just said it in passing and he stopped the entire class and told me to tell the story. And so then I was just sitting there in my seat, like making up a story as I was going. I was like, oh yeah, he was at a bar one time. I, you know, we were, me and my friends were there. He walked in, he started drinking next to us. We, you know, we said hello, but kind of like to your point, like a good way to do it is like base it on a little bit of truth. Whereas like one thing I know about Harrison Ford is he comes to Fort Worth once a year to like renew his helicopter's license or his pilot's license or something. And so like, and people know that about him because like you always see him spotted in Fort Worth restaurants. And so like when I was, <laughs> when I was saying it, I was like, oh yeah, because you know, he, he always comes to Fort Worth. And so he was in the area anyways. So he just kind of showed up. Anyways, I don't know why I'm like tooting my own, own horn about like lying to people. Like I'm cool, but that was, <laughs> that's that was a great like lie tip. Like, yeah, always based it on truth. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm so into lying. I will say I don't use my powers for evil. Okay, I don't. I, I'm not like cheating on my girlfriend, my imaginary girlfriend, and lying. I'm not okay. I'm not lying where it counts. I'm lying where it doesn't count, and that's why it's fun. It's low stakes lies, um, like lying to your professor about meeting Harrison Ford. That's a low stakes lie. Um, yeah, exactly, and I, I'll probably never see that guy ever again. Cracking a cold one. I just I, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. I could actually do a positive rant on lying if I wanted to, um, but I'll save that for another day. I think lying has its benefits too. Have I told the Halloween store story on the podcast before, Paul? 
I don't think so. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Well, I'll, this episode's probably going to be really long, but I'll make it quick. Um, there was a time where I went to the store to buy a Halloween costume because I had a Halloween party back when that was allowed, back when you could hang out with people. And I wanted something really cheap because I knew I was just going to get beer all over it and it was just going to be a mess. Um, and it wasn't really worth, I didn't care. It was, I wasn't trying to look good or anything. So I went uh, to Walmart and I went to the kids aisle and I bought a Woody, the cowboy costume from toy story for, uh, I believe hmm. the size was six to nine year olds. Um, and at the time I think I was 22 and, um, it did not fit, but I needed it for the hat. It came with like like a belt buckle, a, a gun holster, and his signature hat. It had a lot of, you know, if I couldn't wear the shirt and the jeans, which I already had jeans and I already had cowboy boots, I just needed the hat mainly was the idea. So I go to the register. All I have is this one child's costume. And the cashier is an elderly lady who says, oh, are you taking your kid trick-or-treating? And I'm, I don't want to break this old woman's heart, okay? She's very sweet. So uh, I also didn't want to tell her that, no, this is so I can get blasted in a children's costume tonight. Um, so I told her <laughs> instead that, uh, no, yeah, yeah, um, I'm, I'm taking my kids trick-or-treating. I'm, they're really excited. And she was like, oh, how many kids do you have? I'm like, I'm, I'm already in deeper than I was expecting. She's maybe on to me at this point. So I'm like, okay, two, a boy and a girl. And she's like, okay, how old are they? And I'm like, all right, well, I got to do, I got to do like the mental math now. Cause they have to be old. They have to be young enough to where it's acceptable for me to have had kids. I wasn't, you know, getting somebody pregnant at age 13. Right. But also old enough to where they could fit into this six to nine year old Woody costume. Uh, so anyway, she ends up asking me about a bunch of questions about my kids that I don't remember. And I had to spin this entire yarn about my family and how excited I am to take them trick-or-treating and, and all this stuff. And uh, that was uh, one of my more memorable lives. I had a lot of fun with that one. And I hope that that woman is doing good. I hope she had a great Halloween that year. And I hope uh, she, she is surrounded by family and friends and loved ones in this trying time. That's what I was about to say is, you know, I think sometimes lying actually, you know, like... I, I think sometimes lying has its benefits. Like that reminds me of, I was, I was taking my niece to a record store recently. <laughs> it's and already sounds like, like a lie. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, and I was saying, that's actually the only truthful part. And I had a six pack and I was jacked as shit. And I drove a, <laughs> a cool car. I don't know what cool cars are, but I was driving one of those. Anyways, we whip up and uh, get out at this guy. I'm kind of showing her around. It's kind of like a vintage record store. So it's a lot of like, you know, classic metal and, you know, rock and roll, you know, that kind of stuff. And the dudes there are like, you know, like probably roadies from bands from like the 1990s. They have all these tats and they're pretty heavy set and they kind of look like they did heavy drugs for a while. Anyways, I was, uh, he was showing me some records and he was like, what is your daughter like? Talking about, you know, addressing my niece. And I was just like, oh, she kind of likes, you know, this, 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 this. And my niece, like, kind of looked at me like crazy, like, wait, are you actually my dad? Like, what is going on? You know, that kind of thing. And then, like, I kind of, when we left, she was like, why did you say that? And I was like, he would feel much more uncomfortable if, for, and for no reason for me to just bring up, she's, she's not my daughter, she's my niece. You know, like, that makes that person feel uncomfortable, and it kind of ruins the conversation. And right. it's like, I'm not losing anything by him thinking that, you know? So it's just like, 
you know, like, I don't really care, so I'll just, like, act like she, like, you know, for your benefit, I'll act like she's my daughter for the next ten minutes of knowing you. So sometimes it's just easier to lie. It's sometimes it's just easier to lie. I agree with that. You know, this is kind of making me think, so I, I feel like a lot of times <clears throat> with people you don't know, it's a lot easier to tell lies of convenience. The issue is when people that you assume you're not going to run into again become like recurring characters in your lives lives. And then suddenly you have to like explain away, like correct all these lies of convenience. Like for example, there's this one time, like, I guess I'm just jumping on this bandwagon of sharing stories of lies. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> there's this one time I had, hell yeah. <clears throat> a, uh, there, so there's another company at my office and shortly after my company moved into this office, um, I, I locked my keys in my truck um, and I like came into the office and was like trying to figure out what to do, like who to call to get my, um, and I had like a meeting like at, at a different location that I had to drive myself to. And there's this guy at the other company who I thought was just like visiting. I didn't <clears throat> realize he was like a full-time employee there who was like, Oh, like I'm guessing your wife isn't able to come pick you up. And I just didn't feel like explaining that I'm a loser. And not only do I not have a wife, I don't even have a girlfriend. But so I was just like, no, 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 she's not able to. But then here's the issue is, so that was just, that was a lie of convenience, right? I didn't want to like get hung up on the fact that I don't have a wife since he decided to assume I have a wife. Um, But I I told that lie partially because I assumed that I wouldn't see this guy again. Suddenly he's there all the time, and the next time he's there, he he starts asking me about uh, about my wife, and <laughs> I wish I could tell you that I was confrontational enough that I like corrected him and was like, well, actually, I don't have a wife, but actually, I've just ignored the subject with him and have either continued to tell lives lies or just ignored the topic entirely. <laughs> Is this somebody that you know well enough that could like be like looking at your Facebook? And he's like, wow, he has zero pictures of his wife. That's kind of weird. He must really hate his wife. N- not not really. It, he's, like, right on the cusp of, like, he, he's, like, he works remote for this company. So I only see him, like, I don't know, once a month or once every other month. So he's still mostly stranger. But it's, like, I see him just often enough that it's, like, I probably shouldn't lie to this guy. But I already did. So. <laughs> That that is hilarious. I because the the alternative is either you have to spin this lie for the rest of your life, or you have to come back around and like come back to the truth by saying that she left you or she died or something. Ultimately, making him feel ten thousand oh times worse than the initial truth would have made him feel. What would it take for you to have to uh, finally come clean to him? Like, would you think you ever will? I haven't seen him in a while, so I haven't thought about this in a while. I mean, I think... So somehow all of these conversations, which, to be clear, I'm exaggerating a little bit. It it came up once, and then it came up... Like, it, the, I told a lie once, and then I saw him again, and it came up one more time, and I kind of, like, played it off. So it's not like this happens all the time that he brings this up. <laughs> but... He's, like, constantly inviting you and your wife over for a dinner party, like, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think if it came up, <laughs> if he really pressed, I think I'd try to find a way to tell the truth. Or um, 
it, honestly, if it came up in front of other people, like my boss, like if someone else brought up my wife in front of my boss, I was like, yeah, she's doing great. And my boss would be like, I didn't know you had a wife. I think that's when I'd have to like come up with some solution. Oh, man. I hope that happens to you because that makes for such a good story. Well, I was about to say that you could also turn this into like <coughs> back to what we were talking about at the beginning. You could turn this into like like an 80s sitcom kind of thing where you like find like a friend like a girl you know and you're like you have to pretend to be my wife for this dinner and then but you actually also have a but then like you have a girlfriend too who's like later and so then you like run into this guy when you're with your this other girl and then he thinks that you like are like cheating on your wife who's not actually your wife and it just complicates things and there's a laugh track that would be like ideally the best thing that ever happened and you figure out while you're dating your actual girlfriend that you are actually in love with the fake girlfriend from before and exactly and the guy who who you're talking to in the parking lot tries he sees you he thinks you're cheating on her with your real girlfriend so he goes to tell her that he, you're cheating on her but in the process he falls in love with her too and so and so he's like going to leave his wife for your fake wife because you want to leave your real girlfriend for your fake wife at the same time but then you find out you don't love either of these girls Paul you're in love with him. And so you're trying to win his heart. <laughs> oh. This is That's like, a story. We just wrote an entire season for backup dick. <laughs> <laughs> you have to we have to be careful because I bet you anything this is gonna be like a Netflix original next year. And that is also a great name for the show. <laughs> it actually fits. Backup really Dick. Well. Holy shit, dude! That's what we should write. We should write a, a sitcom called Backup Dick. I'm I'm here for it. I totally am. What you heard I what, it here first. What we've just said is infinitely funnier than the rest of my rant. So I have one final t- one final tip, and I'll, I'll blaze through it because I've wasted so much of your time already. Um, one thing that I've really, really, really wanted to try to do, and I've never had the chance to do it. If you can pull it off, I think would be the greatest uh, heist of all of these fun fact situation solutions and that would be uh to take your friend's topic so if you're sitting next to you someone you know and they say all right we want everyone to go around the room and say a fun fact about yourself and you turn to your friend and you go now obviously the positioning has to work out in your favor that's another tricky spot you turn to your friend and you go oh my god i hate when they ask these questions i i, I never know what i'm gonna say what do you usually say what do you say for these things and then they're like oh i don't know um i play baseball in college then you can when it's your turn and they're immediately after you you can go oh yeah i played baseball in college i was shortstop for such and such university and you you take their entire fun fact immediately before it's their turn to go and completely screw them i would love to do that i just i've never been in a situation where it would work out but uh to me if you could pull that one off that's like the gold nut that's the el dorado of uh of fun fact answers is to just sweep out the leg their legs from underneath them and watch them scramble to figure out because then you put them on the spot and they're immediately next and now they have to lie because they had a legit fun fact that they were prepared for they hadn't been thinking about a lie this entire time because they had a real one they were going to drop on the teacher and then next thing you know with seconds to spare they have to tell a lie because they can't be like well he took mine because <laughs> that's because that that's what are you gonna say to that you could be like no i'm sorry i really did play baseball in college and then everyone's gonna kind of turn against them and i would just love to be in a situation where i could pull that off this is such a great conversation because there's so many different directions i want to take this but i know we don't have enough time for it so i have like a question for you zach about this mm-hmm. what age do you think people should stop doing the fun fact like 
Because I've been in like meetings at work. Yes. Like we like introduce new interns and stuff and they make us do fun facts. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm an adult now. I don't think we should be doing this. I definitely think it should end at college. Probably, honestly, even high school. Yeah, I was going to say high school. Um, it should not exist in college at all. I could tolerate its existence in high school, but it definitely should be on its way out the door at that point. It should be being phased out by high school. I have also, this was prompted by the fact that I was asked at work one time uh, for this exact situation. And that was when I, I that was the second time I, I popped the Machu Picchu strategy. I was very tempted to um, to steal my friends because I knew I, I could pull it off in the moment, but he had a particular one that um, it would have it would have been very obvious I was lying. I won't get into too many details, but it, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have been as funny. Um, it would have been so blatantly obvious that it applied to him and not to me. So uh, I, I, I couldn't do it in that situation. But yeah, it was at a work event where this happened to me, and it was... Uh, it was miserable, and that's why I did this rant in the first place. I I had a couple questions. Magically, Evan already basically answered or asked one of them, which was I was curious if y'all had actually experienced this because I haven't experienced this since college. Um, but I do have one other question for you, Zach. So in, in an environment, whether college or apparently in y'all's freaking workplaces where y'all have to do get-to-know-each-other games um, – do you do you guys then prefer, like, would you prefer they do one of the other really cheesy questions over just a general what's a fun fact? Like, would you prefer they say, like, let's all uh, go around the room and say our favorite kind of ice cream? Like, is that preferable or would you prefer the fun fact? Um, I would prefer the prompt, the cheesy prompt, because there's that is an open invitation to say. I am looking for the funniest person in this room. And certainly amongst my coworkers, I've got that in the bag. I got the gold medal in that already. I guarantee it. I know that that's an area I can compete in. But a fun fact is so broad and ambiguous and uh, difficult to manipulate for humor purposes that um, I, I don't think there's enough. It's too broad. And ironically enough, you don't have enough room to work with, so to speak. So I would much prefer a prompt. I think I think you could make, you could get a lot more entertainment and attention out of a prompt, is what I'm getting at. Hmm, that's interesting. For me, while I appreciate a prompt, like I feel like those types of like go around the circle and tell a fun fact actually make it like ruin the organic way to like introduce yourself to people yeah because then after you're in a circle like that you have to just assume that you know everybody and then they have a like there's a reason now and it's bad if you don't remember someone's name and you know they do like those crazy name games sometimes where like you have to say your name and then the person next to you has to say your name and their name and then it keeps going and going and going and going like when it gets to that kind of stuff it like drives me insane but for me like i don't want a prompt i just want it to be like a fun fact you could say like, and I like pants, and you can move on because like I just want to get through it as fast as possible. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting points. That that's that answers all of my questions. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap my topic up. I don't have anything else to add on on that one. Um, but uh, if I I like talking about it, I haven't really thought about that in a while, it, I, which is a good thing. I'm tired of having <laughs> to use these strategies. But hopefully that helps some people out there to have a little more fun with one of the worst things about being in a group setting. 
as I know this is almost a uh, counter to what the rant was about, but I'm almost looking forward to the next time I get asked that so that I can try one of these out. I would love to just to just kill the person next to me by taking away their topic. Um, I, I'm, I'm oh waiting on the day I get to do that. Zach, I'm definitely going to be using your Machu Picchu strategy for moving forward. That's I think that's my my go to strategy now. That is like like what like I was saying, like it's just easy, straight to the point, and we can move on to the next person. And right. No one is going to ever ask me about it. That's the benefit of it, and that's that's my go to as well. I've used it several times to uh, tremendous success. So I, I can, out of all the others, I can personally vouch for that one legitimately as the most effective by far, out of out of in my experience. Um, Paul, you've been kind of, you've been kind of guiding the ship's rudder on this one. What, what happens now? What are we doing next? I think, I think we should fit in just a little, uh, a little random rant. Do we got any of those left? Yeah, we do. I just know that uh, whenever we try to like do a little, like a little tease of a random rant, it always ends up to be like a 45 minute discussion. So we'll see what happens, uh, this time around, but I can pull one up. I think you should. I mean, last time our episode for some reason was only like 50 minutes, which was under an hour, which gives us an excuse to make this one just absurdly long. Well, it's uh, funny you say we, that because uh, I think two or three episodes before our short one, we had our longest one yet at like 125. So wow. we're definitely not. It's not even. We're not balancing the force by having a long one this time. <laughs> if anything, our episodes continually get longer and longer and longer. And we just had an anomaly last week. This show's going to turn into like Joe Rogan, and you guys are going to be like going for like four hours a day. So. <laughs> um, our our t- random topic today is going to be uh, from Dylan. So thanks, Dylan. He wants us to discuss saying you work in consulting. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Is that something that strikes? I don't know specifically what you guys do necessarily. I feel like that may hit a little bit close to home. I mean, so I know some people that work in consulting, both from my major and, um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, our friend, a guy who's been on a guest on the show before, Jay, uh, he works in consulting. Um, but it's so broad, and this is probably what this guy is getting at, that, like, arguably, my current company does consulting. I mean we're helping clients we're consulting them on marketing strategies as it relates to video so like arguably we're doing that but consulting is such just a vague like i i feel like you could argue that any business particularly any business that works in business to business is doing consulting like i guess business to consumer is um like like that's like goods like a, an iPhone is business to consumer or um, I don't know products that we buy generally from companies or at a store are consumer goods but sorry I'm not trying to give like a a, a business lesson here but hey, like I feel like business pretty much 101 why doesn't everyone start <laughs> off by going around and saying their name and a fun fact about themselves <laughs> um, but I, I just feel like Anything that's like a business selling to another business can it tries to get branded as consulting, and, and th- I mean that's where my frustration stems from. It is that's just so broad. Like, what does that even mean? If someone tells you they work in consulting, like, uh, cool, you you talk to other companies and they pay you for it. What does that really mean? Yeah, um, 
I really wish I somebody. Gonna... Oh, yeah, go ahead. no. Go ahead, whatever sorry. you're gonna say is gonna be a million times better than the f- garbage I was about to spill. So please, <laughs> just take, just go. I was just gonna say I'm gonna ask the dumb question here. I don't really understand what consulting is. Well, that's the thing, right? I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I think I'll, that's. I mean, I'll, I'll give my best synopsis of it since give I, it give, okay. So, but you got to give it like you're, you're like you're telling your four year old son what you do. Because that's basically the mental capacity I have. Okay. <laughs> I'll do my best. I, I mean, consulting, to my understanding, is usually <clears throat> when there is when there's a company that is having some sort of issue, they hire consultants to be someone on the outside looking in to look at their company and tell them what they should change. And so... It, was that was that simple enough for you, Evan? I, I, I'm not saying that to be condescending. No, that's good. That's like that's good because so you're basically saying like like they're just a third party that's indifferent either way. Yeah. So it's like if if your company is losing lots of money and you're not sure how, instead of having like your accounting department, you might hire a consultant to come in, look at your records, and figure out why you're losing so much money, or maybe offer like propose solutions for how you could be making more money. So it's basically just like a company's version of Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> That's it's a really interesting way of looking at that. <laughs> Wait, it's just like a bunch of people who are gonna judge you but also don't really care if you get better or not they're just telling you how it is yeah exactly because they're not part of your company you don't have to follow any of the advice that they give so i I guess that is a fair comparison uh but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean the reason it's so broad though is that like uh, i don't know my, my company has kind of talked to consultants before and I get so frustrated and I'll be talking with my bosses and every single time we're like, should we hire them on? And the answer was always like, we don't know. Everyone says that they're different. And then like, it's all just business talk that just feels overwhelming. And you're, you don't really feel like it's actually going to like change anything, at least as a small business. Apparently bigger businesses can kind of benefit from kind of like audits of different kinds, but I don't know. I uh, I think I could be a good lying consultant. If you guys had to pick something to consult somebody, <laughs> to consult a company in, what would it be? Uh, Paul, go ahead. <laughs> Man, you you really tricked me into you're thinking gonna be that a, I was going to have time. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be a consultant in deferring, a consultant in uh, yes, exactly, and wasting time. Oh wait, no, I have mine, Paul. I'm going to interrupt. Okay, you. I'll be a consultant in lying. I'll be like, look, this is how you do it. If you don't want like people to know what's going on, you, you start with the truth, of a bitch. and then I, I and then I tell them the the Harrison Ford story, <laughs> and then they pay me fifty thousand dollars. Well, now Paul, it's got to be your turn. I think I I would consult on <laughs> on why uh, these companies should increase their profit margins by. Um, paying us for ads on our podcast um i think that's what i'd consult on oh yeah well get get consulting because uh because we could use that sort of influence i heard turtle nut needs some people <laughs> i don't know turtle nut's not gonna make it into the final cut so now that's just gonna be garbage <laughs> no winter gonna... is coming <laughs> wink 
I like this. I, we, I, there's never been a situation where we've had to. We've made so many references to cut content before that now I don't know. I don't know what to keep and what to remove. It's gonna That's be like a minefield. Bringing me on inside jokes, which I'm not. This is not a complaint. I think it's hilarious. Speaking of inside jokes, I had to bring this up, which is when you guys first started this podcast. I was one of the first reviews, and I was under the guise of a of an ulterior name which was DiGiorno Boy. And I wrote a very scary <laughs> review on you guys' site. Can we... Before I knew you, Zach, I had never knew you before. And I wrote this horrifying review. I mean, I didn't know you until like a couple weeks ago in general. So uh, that's been bothering me ever since. Can we... Uh, I'm going to pull it up and we can... We've already read it on the show once, but let's run it back again. Let's run that play again. Because uh, I don't... Rem- I remember that. I remember DiGiorno Boy. I remember there being a... An interesting review, um, but I don't remember the contents of it. I'm just trying to get my iPhone while, to cooperate. While you pull it up, me and Paul will improvise scat, just like the listeners like. Ready, Paul? Yeah. All right. I'll be the drums. You be the trumpet. Ready? Oh. Oh. All right. Don't worry, guys. You can stop. Okay. And cut. Beautiful, though. Oh, man. Waiting music. Uh, DiGiorno Boy 69 a year ago uh, left a five-star review. Thank you, DiGiorno Boy, uh, titled Comfortable Alone, the text of which uh, read, The goal of podcasts is to make lonely people feel like they have friends. That's exactly what this show did for me. Made me believe I had friends in a direct conversation while I listened, laughed, and desired more. After the discovery of podcasts, I no longer have to go to public establishments and sit really close to people and listen in on their conversation. Sometimes they catch wind and then I have to run away. It's a lot less dangerous to listen to podcasts at home while I plan my next killing, crime and punishment style. I don't remember. Did you edit this? Because I don't remember that being what you wrote at all. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I don't really remember like specifically what I wrote. But I remember the situation I was in when I wrote it, which was Paul had texted us the night before. And he was like, hey, we just started a podcast. I'd love for you guys to write reviews to kind of help the podcast out. And I'm on New York time, and I had to wake up super early. So I I didn't see it till the next morning. And I was at the gym, and I was sitting at, like, one of the, the, the weight machines. And I was reading his text, and I was listening to y'all's podcast. And I was just sitting there smiling to myself and, like, looked like a freaking psycho. And I was just sitting there <laughs> smiling and writing this like horrifying review while I was just sitting there I was trying to make it as like ho- like creepy as possible and I think I kind of succeeded in that um, it's well, funny Zach because I, I also don't remember it being <laughs> that intense like yeah. I thought that like it like hinted but didn't outright say while I plan my next killing uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, <laughs> I appreciate that that's our first review so Years from now, when we just have hundreds or thousands of reviews, if someone really wants to dig back, they they'll be able to go find DiGiorno Boy sixty nine, and so be very uncomfortable. Just to be clear, we don't know. We still don't know who Young Wage Gap is. Is that correct? <laughs> I don't think so. Let, let me let me look at that real quick. Because you because according to what Evan just said, you asked that all your friends go and review the podcast, and other than Young Wage Gap, who I don't know. Everyone else I can identify is is uh, not one of your friends, other than DiGiorno Boy. So 
really, Evan, you're the only one who seemed to have stepped up, unless Young Wage Gap is somebody that I, I don't know. Uh, everyone else is, uh, is not part of that friend group. So I, I at least have to thank you for following through on that, despite how threatening your, uh, your review was. <laughs> you, you know what's funny? So I'm reading Young Wage Gaps, which if, if anyone wants to go read it, I'll just summarize it, which is it's complimentary. It kind of insults uh, other v- just general podcasts and then says that we're funny but not good-looking or nice. Um <laughs> Which, I'll take it. It's a mixed bag, but I'll, I'll definitely take it. Um, <clears throat> what's funny is that it they speak as though they know one of us really personally, but it doesn't sound like any of my friends. <laughs> so I'm not really sure who it would be. <laughs> I've got a guess. But I, I, it's, it's only a guess. And it's only, there's only one person I could th- conjure who it might possibly be, so... Um, I don't know. That one's that one remains a myth. Now that we've solved the DiGiorno boy mystery, there was one hmm. final Scooby-Doo villain to unmask, and that's Young Wage Gap. Young Wage Gap's <laughs> got to come up. Got to got to reveal themselves. Come on the show, Young Wage Gap. Insult us uh, verbally, not just via text. Yeah, we want to hear the insults live on the show. Um, what what uh. What now, Paul? What what happens next? I'm mean, this is we've gone on so long. I, I yeah, feel I, like, I uh, think I, th- I think it's time to, to 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 wrap this up. I think Evan's running out of time. Uh, he's got to get going here in a minute. But um, but before before I kick him out of my room, uh, I do want to bring up that Evan actually does uh, work on a podcast of his own. And, and I'm going to make him plug it right now if you want to tell us what that is, Evan. Yeah, so actually, Zach, I don't care about either of you. I only came on this podcast to plug my own podcast. I work for Heavy Metal, which is a magazine company that focuses on all things fantasy, fiction, horror, and sci-fi. Um, and you might know them best from their movie in 1983 called Heavy Metal with a big booby lady that's basically the best way to put it oh nice uh <laughs> but i produce produce three podcasts two for them one for my own company the one for my own company is called badass jews and it's about the most badass jews that live among us episode two just dropped today with sue bird legendary basketball player and then my other two that one of them i'm actually on is mind space with jeff boucher and we just talk about comic books movies and everything pop culture and the last one is Wonderwork, which is a scripted podcast that details and talks about, you know, they have horror episodes, they have sci-fi episodes, all scripted and all just all audio. So definitely go check out those. Heavy Metal is a great place to, they've just revamped recently. Um, definitely check them out. And I'm done sucking the man's dick. That was a good plug. It almost made us feel like we were a legit podcast. for just a moment (laughs) alright well thank you so much for joining us Evan we had some good talks today I'm glad you can make it on definitely thanks man it's good to talk to y'all yeah thanks for coming Uh, well now that Evan is gone um, I'm glad he could join us but it's just back to basics with me and you Paul so oh yeah um, we're gonna wrap it up here we we went uh, Evan was on for a lot longer than I think I anticipated but not that that's a bad thing that's a good thing but um running out of time here so um i think it would be my turn to go first 
on the positive rant. So um, I'll keep it real quick and easy. Um, and it's going to be annoying because I've talked about this for the last three episodes. But um, I bought a house and I moved a bunch of stuff and painted a bunch of stuff last weekend. Um, I flooded my laundry room twice. Um, I uh, had a rough go at a lot of things. Um, tons of junk mail. Just like an extraordinary amount of junk mail uh, trying to scam me out of my mortgage. Um, I am excited because I now have a room that I'm going to put my desk in and we'll have like an actual podcast studio in a oh, way. Wow. Not just a not just a microphone in a bedroom, which is cool. It's going to be a microphone in, a, in an empty bedroom without a bed, but it's one step closer. Um, but one thing that I thought was kind of funny, and I don't really know if... The, uh, you could tell I'm grasping at straws for this here, but... Um, while I was there last weekend, I got approached by about eight or nine children. Apparently, I'm the only house on the block that doesn't have two kids and a dog. And th- this, like, horde, this biker gang of children approached me, like, one member at a time. There was a kid who was, like, yelling at me um, over the fence because he could see me as he was jumping on his trampoline. There was a kid who, like, waddled up and said, are you my new neighbor, which was adorable. Um, two kids adorable. racing by on a bike, and then they stopped in my driveway to tell me about their cool new bikes and how this other kid has a BMX at his house. And I was like, "Oh, that's pretty sick." Um, a lot like it was just a neighborhood full of playing children, which maybe at some point, maybe at some point very soon, I will get really annoying. Uh, so far, uh, it's not. I just think it's precious, and uh, all these kids were very friendly. Um, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know how I'm going to adapt to living in a suburban neighborhood with uh, a bunch of young families. Because uh, honestly, if it weren't for coronavirus, I was planning on having just some um, ragers uh, playing a lot of music li- loud because I can now that I don't share walls with anybody. Just <laughs> general misbehavior. Um, but I don't know if I have to reconsider that or if the kids are going to respect me more if I do that stuff. I, I, uh, I think that my driveway is kind of maybe because it's been an empty house for the last couple of weeks has been a, a bit of a, a park for the bikes, the, the bike kids to ride around on. I just hope, honestly, I hope I'm a cool neighbor because the kids are uh, a little bit intimidating with how it feels like you're kind of being initiated into a club and they have to approve of you. And if they don't approve of you, you're going to get shunned. Um, so a lot to think about. I gotta have to plan my cool neighbor strategy. I, I don't really know how a neighbor is, uh, is supposed to behave, particularly with the kids in the neighborhood. Um, but uh, we're gonna give it a go and see what happens. And I, I thought that was uh, in general kind of a funny concept and uh, pretty cute, actually. That that is cute. That's kind of fun. Uh, we'll see. I'll 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 update you as time goes on. We'll see how things change. But for now, it's uh, kind of exciting. Um, uh, but uh, I haven't spent a lot of time there because I'm not moved in yet. But uh, I'll keep everyone updated on how the the neighbor situation, the biker gang situation, uh, goes down. That uh, that makes me think of how near my house <clears throat> there's some basketball courts, and on a couple occasions, th- there's one there's one court in particular that has more than one basket, and there's been a couple times where I've like gone and played basketball there, and another kid has come and just played next to me and both times so far, neither of us has said a word, but uh, that's been <laughs> my, my relationship with the kids in my neighborhood is playing basketball next to them, but not that's speaking nice. to them. But, 
<laughs> that's my contribution there. Um, is that all you had about that, Zach? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll uh, I'll close it out with my uh, positive topic, which is that I've really realized the value in uh, finding ways to be active that you like. Um, and I, th- I suspect that I've talked about something similar to this before. Um, but I'm going to let myself do it again because there's new activities that I'm going to bring up. Um, and I couldn't find, uh, I look, I actually looked, I, I couldn't find one on this topic, but I, I really feel like I have anyways. Um, I've realized that as much as just like, I mean, running and like going to the gym and doing workouts is great, but I feel like if it's the only way you're active, at least for me, I, when I'm spending all of the time that I've dedicated to being like active and gain exercise to just like purely like going on runs, it just starts to get like dull. And I have like a crisis of like, is being healthy and living a long time actually even worth it? Um, <laughs> But I've really, I've really realized that like, if you find activities that fit your interests, then like, it makes it a lot more easy to be active. Um, like recently, I, um, with one of my friends, joined a climbing gym where they have like rock walls, and rediscovered that that's actually super fun. It's not as easy as I remember it being when I was a kid, probably just because I was like a scrawny kid with no weight and I could just like run up a climbing wall (laughs) um but like it's like great exercise and actually a lot of fun and like i also recently went like kayaking like i ran a kayak i i would sure like to buy a kayak but all the cheap ones have been sold out everywhere so that's actually kind of a really intense negative topic for me within this positive one is that i'm pissed that academy will not restock its uh inflatable kayaks anyways um yeah, I've I've just realized that I found myself being more active recently. It's not because I've become like more disciplined necessarily about um, making myself exercise. It's that instead of making myself do exercises that I hate, um, which I still sometimes do the ones that I dislike, but th- the boring ones aren't the only ones I do. And um, I've just realized that there's a lot of value in just like finding something active that you like, whether that be joining a sports team. Uh, which I I tried at some point, uh, and like <laughs> kayaking or like rock climbing, like like there are just different things that you can't, or just going for walks. Like there there are different things you can do, and I I this it sounds so obvious, but I think that it I didn't realize how many different activities there are that are like actually fun that are active that I could like choose to do as exercise, and it's it's been great. I just run the exact same route, exact same distance every day. And it gets extremely dull, but <laughs> yeah, it helps that it's not a lot of exercise and it helps that I do it so that I can, it's not to be healthier. It's to, it's to maintain my level of health. I, <laughs> I will just, I will drink and eat more over the weekend to compensate for the healthy choices <laughs> I'm making during the week. And that for me is enough to, uh, to motivate me through the same dull workout routine every single time. Yeah, and and also to be clear, <clears throat> I actually do. I think it's a great thing to to do your more basics like running and lifting. Like those are important things as well, um, and that's a lot of people enjoy that a lot. I just 
have realized that mixing it up and adding some variety for me is, has been nice. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Good to hear it. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was a good episode. I, I feel I really came in hot. I made a lot of bold predictions up front, but I think that, uh, that all came out really good. I'm happy with the, the turnout. And, uh, I think a lot of that is to, is with Evan to thank. So, yeah, I appreciate him being here. I appreciate both you and him, uh, being patient because I I specifically set a time for us to record, and then my I I I could not figure out technology, so it like delayed us by like an hour. It turns out that that literally just restarting my computer solved all the problems I was having, <laughs> which made me absolutely furious. But I'm I'm glad that we figured it out. <laughs> uh, you can find the show barring no technical difficulties on Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, if you want to be like the journal boy, you can uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Not All Bad Show, and you can send us an email at notallbadshow at gmail.com. Particularly if you'd like to submit a random rant like Dylan did today, uh, you can email that email, notallbadshow at gmail.com, with the subject line random rant idea. Um, and if you're Paul's friends listening to this and you're not DeJourno Boy 69 or possibly Young Wage Gap, you should consider fulfilling on your promise from a year ago and leave a rating uh, and review on iTunes, uh, just like DeJourno Boy. Uh, that is going to do it for uh, our first good episode in a while, and it felt really good to have a good one. Uh, this <laughs> thank, has been episode. Yeah, right. This has been episode 49 of Not All Bad. I'm Zach Andrews. This is Paul Nesbitt. Dance like nobody's watching. Rant like nobody's listening.